Welcome to another episode of the Coaching Business Podcast with Max Torno and Nikita Gunkowicz. As a coach, consultant, expert, or agency, it is your responsibility to make sure your business grows and thrives constantly. Especially in times like these, it's becoming more and more important to listen to mentors who not only provide you with the right know-how, but who also make sure you can execute the right steps to increase your revenue and scale. Max Torno and Nikita Gunkowicz have shown hundreds of clients how to build and scale successful six and seven seven-figure online coaching, consulting, or agency businesses. And in this very podcast, you will learn their secrets to higher profits, happier clients, and achieving more freedom. All right. Very, very warm welcome here today with a special episode with our mindset coach, Zach Michael. And uh, it's really interesting because a couple of things. First off, Zach is in a completely different continent, and we're doing this all remotely over, over the internet. And uh, also, Zach is the very person that is helping our clients with their mindset. So um, I keep hearing, literally, Zach, I, I don't know if you know, but I keep hearing really, really good things all the time about your mindset life calls with our clients. Nice. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, it's the secret <laughs> sauce, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's know- It's... Here's the thing. So you're do, give, let's give us a little bit of background. You have been a practicing uh, psychotherapist for many years now, right? Well, not technically a psychotherapist, uh, but okay. well, I've trained in various rapid change modalities. I started my journey in clinical hypnotherapy, and then since that time, yep. I started to I transitioned into other modalities, and I, I've been practicing for eleven years now. And so now my, Damn. yeah, so it's, it's been a long time. And, and now my approach is basically a, a cohesive blend of all of the different training that I've had and in, in all these different rapid change modalities. Yeah. Sick. That's cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah. And, uh, I remember, uh, one of our head coaches back then, he basically said, Hey, there's this guy, Zach, he's doing absolutely, you have, you've actually been our own client. And then you've been doing very, very phenomenally well. And then uh, he said, "Hey, let's get uh, let's get him to teach our clients. Let's yeah. him to help our client. Let's have him help our clients with the with the mindset sort of things." And um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, it's it's been awesome, man. Yeah, it's been amazing to uh, to help these guys, and especially because they they come from so many different educational backgrounds, all walks of life, and. Yeah, but but the interesting thing is there's always a common, very often a common theme with which or in which how people will uh, hold themselves back and essentially sabotage their their progress, right? Yeah, and it's crazy because it's cool. Uh, I'm kind of like known, you know, I'm I'm there to teach people the um, the strategy behind things and you know the hustle ethic, so to speak, and so on and so forth. But I'm known to be like really hardcore with that. Like I'm like shut up, do it all day, sacrifice everything, go build a business. And you're kind of more like the balance to that. It's like, okay, look, here's what's actually going on in your brain. Here's like your sabotaging. Here's your mindset burst. And how the people kind of overcome that. It's really cool to see that. And to be honest, like also myself, I've been learning quite a lot about that because, you know, I think I come from a very extreme corner of when I built my first business. I was that person who left everything behind, who literally was who was literally willing to sacrifice absolutely everything, including mm-hmm. his own physical and mental health 
to to build that very first business and you know for me it worked and interestingly enough i think um because it worked for me i sort of got into this reality of that's the only way to make it work and over the years i kind of had to like realize oh okay it's not the only way like you can also build your own business without sacrificing everything you know most definitely but max you know that you you bring up a great point about how you got started and what you see as uh the reason behind a lot a big part of the reason behind your success it has merit and it has real value and uh, a particular mm. way that i really get behind uh this approach to understanding mindset or motivation, drive, what have you, is that what you're describing is absolutely essential for the for the the stage at which someone is making a decision. They need to have mm. their line in the sand moment. They need to kind of burn the boat, so to speak, and have a mm. real inner driving force that is going to propel them forward because most people they start where they are and to get to the next level however they define that they need to exit their current comfort zone right and yeah. so they need yeah. to make it uncomfortable and it's own that making that uncomfortable is up to them it's up to no one yeah. else and so what you're to me what it sounds like you're describing is you became so cognizant so aware of the fact that i'm not where I want to be right now, wherever that was, whenever time that was, and I want to be somewhere else. And in order to get there, I'm going to need to activate a level of a level within that I previously maybe haven't activated before. And that kind yeah. of is like your has been like your rocket fuel to propel you forward. Sometimes where see you're able to manage it well, and where a lot of times people end up unnecessarily suffering is that if they we call that away from motivation where people are wanting to evade uh, a situation or an experience of life that they don't want to experience anymore and so they want to create better results better life experience the yep. only thing that uh people can wind up challenging themselves with in that scenario is that it can it can end up in burnout or or unnecessary stress if they don't balance it yep but yeah. it, but to, to kind of tie a knot on that, it's essential to get one out of their comfort zone and going in another direction. Yeah, that, it's an interesting point that you make that, yeah, you have to get out of your comfort zone. And here's the thing, because you mentioned like, oh, you have to obviously find the balance so you don't burn out. I almost felt like, and I'm someone who, who has had severe burnout, has been diagnosed when uh, after my very first uh, well, the very first four-year stint of traveling, <laughs> after four four years of world touring, I felt I was extremely burnt out to a point where I had like heavy physical symptoms. I couldn't. Uh, I slept 17 hours a day and stuff like that, and it was it was really crazy. And it, I almost it all it was almost funny because almost funny because it it's I almost saw it as easier to just say ah I'll just push so hard always 100 out of 100, neglecting the balance thing, because then I don't have to worry about finding the right balance, you know? It's like, oh, how much time should I take off? How much time should I work? I was like, nah, I don't want to figure it out. I'll just work all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like out of laziness, I ended up working more than, than was good for me. 
Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh, to your point on balance or this kind of so-called work-life balance that so many people feel they need to find and then maintain, um, this reminds me of a conversation we were just having on one of the recent mindset calls is this concept of work-life balance. And I actually don't see the need for a work-life balance because this creates a dualistic perception of life when in fact, yeah. it's all just living. It's all just living. So if you have, because it's not the hours that one puts in that causes, technically it's not the hours that one puts in that causes burnout. It is the state of mind and body that one is in during the working hours that changes the experience of the work itself. So, for example, you can Whoa. spend hours, you can go, be going all day, but if what you're doing fuels you and feeds you, then it's energizing and not enervating. And so if it's yeah. energizing, you're not left with the situation of needing to relax, forcing yourself to... Uh, take a vacation or take a break because the break only is a consequence of being in stress. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just choose Mate. to see it as all just living. There's not a work life. That's balance. really mind blowing, actually. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I 100% get it. That's really mind blowing. It's more like you're basically saying it's like your relationship to work. Yeah. Not work itself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it, and that's and that's exactly like why it can be so damn powerful to have a really good mindset when it comes to business because there's people who go all about oh, it's just about the mindset just manifest the money we and then of the other extreme you have people who are like to hell with mindset just do the right thing and there is there is a lot of factors in mindset and i almost think like it, it depends on the person. For some people, they need to do like 90% mindset work and 10% structure because they got the structure all figured out. And then there's people who need to do only 90%, they need to do 90% structure and only 10% mindset because that all they've been lacking was just the structure and the systems to build that business. What do you think is, if you could summarize it, if you could pinpoint it down, if it, that's even possible, for a lot of people that are starting their very own business, what is what is like the one the number one like mindset issue that people get? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I think a lot of times people will end up unconsciously sabotaging themselves because of life experiences that they've had, usually within their developmental years, their childhood years, where they've mm. learned toxic beliefs that are not objectively <clears throat> true about themselves that i'm not enough i'm unworthy hmm. uh, i'm not enough is very common and it tends to create this what we call a toxic shame and yeah. this then generalizes out into all of these different self-sabotaging behaviors that take labels such as catastrophizing is a big one um, where people will be so future focused and they'll create these unnecessary, this unnecessary stress out of a problem that technically doesn't even exist yet, but they've created it in their mind. And so this mm -hmm. becomes just a learned way of being, of seeing the future in a negative perspective and then creating an internal state that is disempowering. Another one is uh, emotional equilibrium or I should say emotional instability where they'll have really great results. Let's say they're going through a really great period in their business 
And yeah. because of those awesome results, their inner state, because they're they're at more of they're not in control of their inner state, they allow the result to affect or influence the state and they feel amazing. They feel on top, they feel untouchable. Uh, you know, just incredible. And then when they yeah. have, because everything in life is cyclical, they'll have a down, they'll have maybe a, a slow week or a slow month or what have you. And then they just, in the same way that they felt that euphoria, they feel that kind of depression or low, and they allow the result of the business to dictate how they're feeling. And so they very much feel like they are at the effect side of the equation, not the cause, and they end up living in victimhood as a result. And then because wow. the the, lev the the degree of the swing to the right is equal to, this, to the degree of the swing to the left. So they'll find themselves just swinging from polarity to polarity of happiness and sadness as a mm. result of what's going on in their business. And I find that that's a, those are two really common ones. That, uh, well, uh, that, last, that last point, you know, I see that a lot with entrepreneurs that have been successful and all of a sudden something happens and then it pushes them back down. That probably also explains, you know, why people like uh, uh, when the, the, the Wall Street, uh, when the stock market crashed, people jumped out of buildings and killed themselves. And, you know, as someone standing on the outside, you think like, how would people do that? Like, damn, yeah. it's quote unquote just money. Um, but like you said, like if people have their identity wrapped around that, it's incredible. And and to be honest, it, it's funny because I've gotten my fair share of, <laughs> of 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 BS thrown at me, and and in retrospective, I'm almost happy that that happened because I had to learn that as well that I value myself, disregardless of uh, regardless of what's going on in my business because I've had extreme highs in my business where you know I became super popular, uh, people started recognizing me on the street, on airports, and like when I would go out and stuff like that, like. I would have like the friends of my cousins ask for pictures of where if they could take a picture of me and stuff like that. But then on the other hand, I've also been, you know, inv involved in like people hating on me, just spreading lies. I would see like videos about my family being posted and things like that. And, and it's weird because in the moment where these things happen, you kind of feel like, wow, this really sucks. This is the worst thing that's happened to me. But in retrospective, a lot of these things, do have an upside as well that I say, okay, I was basically back then forced to, to disconnect my identity from my business's success. And that might actually be a good thing, at least as, as far as I understood what you're trying to say right now. Yeah. So it's when one is allowing their, the external conditions, their external environment to influence their internal, this to me is mm -hmm. the definition of living life disempowered and at the, at the cause side of the equation versus living life empowered when you're, you are maintaining a strength of your internal state regardless of what you experience. Damn, how do, how do people get there? Because it's one thing to say, I mean, I'm pretty, pretty sure everybody knows that they should do that, you know? Yeah, don't have it affect you, but how do you get there? Well, you know, you would think or you would hope that a lot of or most people know this, but they don't. Uh, this is <laughs> why we're seeing a lot of what we're seeing in today in the world. We'll just keep it very general, but a lot of people will are used to or conditioned to believe that the reason for their problems and the source of their pain and suffering is because of 
the media, the it could be anything, it could be political, you you name it. It's someone other yeah. than you. And yes, True. life does happen. Things do you do experience life. We're here to experience contrast and learn and grow through that contrast. But it is you that is in control of your mind and only you and therefore your perception and how you feel about life, how you experience of life or how you experience life. So the goal then isn't to control what you experience outside of yourself. That would be disempowering. Yeah. The goal and the reality is to be aware of the fact that you are in control of your mind and you get to decide through being conscious how you can think and feel and therefore perceive life. So I think to answer your question there, Max, it's like, yeah, I wish most people knew this, but it, most people are living life unconsciously and they're, they haven't been like, this stuff isn't taught in school. We're not taught this growing yeah. up that guess what? You're in control of your mind and state, right? We're taught to blame others because why there's juice in blame. There's payoff in blame. If we get to blame, that means you are innocent. It's someone else is mm. responsible, not me. Mm. Damn. Yeah, and then, of course, becomes the easier way out to just be like, oh, I don't want to learn how to control my own emotions. I'll just blame someone else, and I'm good to go. I can throw my hands in the air. Exactly, um, yep. Do, do you all, so it's almost like this like mental immaturity, basically. Do you think it's that also kind of links to people having a hard time creating their own business from scratch if they don't get massive intervention from outside? Because... Building a business is like one of the most self-responsible things in the world. If you really think about it, like you're not being told to get up and work because you have no predisposed schedule, right? If you have a nine to five job, you know, you got to show up at nine or otherwise it's bad for you. If you buy, build your own business, you don't have that. Nobody tells you go there, work, reach out to people, create a brand, get clients, message people, get on a call. Nobody tells you that. Mm -hmm. So you have absolutely zero incentive from outside. You, like you said yourself correctly in the beginning, you have to be that driving force. And I feel like because of the way our society is structured, when we, when we are being educated and when we're being hired for jobs, is it's structured in a way so we never have to make these decisions ourselves. And then all of a sudden we're thrown into this cold water of building your own business and all of a sudden you do have to make these decisions yourself right yeah yeah exactly right yeah you have to be a self-starter this is why this game of entrepreneurship is only reserved for those who are deserving of it right and but the beauty yeah. of it is you get to decide we have free will you, you say okay well who's deserving of this is it where i'm born is it who my parents were is it because of the school i went to no you decide the whole point is you decide, I want to be deserving of the lifestyle, the business that I want, mm -hmm. um, so on and so forth. And so again, this all comes down to responsibility and making the right decisions and committing to living life as an, in, in terms of living life as a new way of being and just committing to that. And if you commit to that, you also have to understand it's all on you to be able to follow through with that commitment. So this is just, I think, why we can look at, well, why, are, why is it that most people, the average person, 
uh, not an uh, not an entrepreneur, not a a boss, a business owner. There, because yeah, it's it's just the kind of the law of averages. Most people want the easy way they want the comfort zone and so they're they'll convince themselves that that is better for them and there's not that there's anything wrong with that right again it's not about right or wrong good or bad but you for those that are here to build a business you want to decide okay it's not that i just get to say raise my hand and say well i'd like to be an entrepreneur because i'd like to be now i feel Mm -hmm. entitled to all the everything that comes with entrepreneurship. No, you've got to deserve it. Every single morning you wake up is another opportunity for you to double down on that commitment that you've made to yourself. And that's just why so few people um, from a percentage perspective are successful entrepreneurs. Yeah, uh, probably a hundred percent. The thing is, and, and this, this is also interesting because from a marketing perspective, it's so difficult to hit that sweet spot. For example, right, we're teaching our beginner clients, and this is also has been my second seven-figure business, uh, Freedom Business Mentoring, where I'm teaching people from scratch to build their own business, so eventually they can leave their nine-to-five job, live a life of an entrepreneur. On one hand, you want to emphasize the cool parts of having your own business. You know, you can work autonomously, you can work from wherever you want, whenever you want. You can afford usually a lot of nice things that you could usually not afford. You know, you can buy your dad that that vacation that he always wanted. You usually can't do these things with a regular nine to five job. So on one hand, you want to really hammer out these points like, hey, guys and girls, there's this great thing called building your own business and it's amazing and it's changed my life and it can change yours as well. But on the other hand, if you keep only talking about these things, what are you going to do is you're attracting people who, like you said, they're not willing to put in the work that they have to in order to become an entrepreneur. They just want to have the end result. You know, like you said, they, they, they raise their hand and they say, I want to be my own boss. I want to be an entrepreneur. And that entitles me now to get this. Not knowing that it's going to, it's, it's going to cost you some sacrifice. Spare time sacrifice, comfort sacrifice, hanging out with your buddies sacrifice. And then they almost feel betrayed by that idea of building their own business because they're like, I've been told there's going to be, you know, Lambos and traveling and beaches that I could work from. But, but it's just hard work. You know, I'm a couple months in and it's hard work. What is this? Yeah. And this is kind of something that I've been trying to to balance and God knows I haven't succeeded in all the time that I'm like, okay, here's a really cool lifestyle, but Hey, this is also hard work. Hey, here's also me. You know, I mean, I'm posting on my Instagram almost every day. Hey, here's me working. Here's me not being in a nice car. Here's me just sitting there working. Like, please, please understand that it has a lot of wonderful upsides, but you're going to have to work hard for it. And, And yeah, it's from a psychological perspective, you kind of nailed it down pretty well. Well, I think too, you know, today because of the internet, we have so much access to what's out there in terms of options for starting your own business online. And because of the marketing component of, of this, it attracts a lot of people who, well, they're attracted by, you know, the glamour, the so-called glamour of entrepreneurship, the end result that people Mm. see. Right. And so by virtue of that, it attracts a lot of dabblers. So when they come in and they're yeah. like, as you said, where are the Lambos? Where are the be- where's the laptop on the beaches? That's not, yeah. first of all, this whole kind of laptop lifestyle and you know, working on a beach, to me, now, 
this many years in the game doesn't sound like a goal that I even would want to have. To me, that would have been a goal when I was in my early 20s because I wasn't aware. <laughs> you know, I wasn't like yeah. aware that it's actually not comfortable to be sitting on sand uh, trying, to, <laughs> trying to like tether your phone data to, you know, you know what I mean? It's not, that's not what it's about. Yeah. I would rather be at the beach and enjoying it when I'm at the beach. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, excellent point. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're so right. It, it, it or having the uh, the laptop on the swimming pool sucks. Like you can barely see because of the sun. <laughs> like the screens are not like strong enough, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I know you bring a good point. Like I'd rather be at the beach and actually enjoy it. You know what? I'll bring this even further. I'd rather not be at the beach. I hate beaches. It's so fun. I hate the sand. I hate the sun. It's it's glaringly hot on beaches. I. The yeah. water sucks. It's it's I don't know. Like my girlfriend loves beaches. She all she wants to do is just swim at the beach all day. I'm like, what am I gonna do on a beach? I'm lying on the I'm literally lying on the ground, on a uh, on a towel. And it, uh, every time I move my foot, I get like sand everywhere. And I'm like, ah, what am I doing here? I'm getting sunburned instantly. Like, I hate beaches. I always hated them. Get to hell with these. But uh, anyways, we're getting sidetracked. Um, yeah. What are you doing nowadays? Like, how does your life look like? Well, I have my home office. I get to work from home. I can technically, uh, well, I need to have, because I'm coaching, I have to have uh, privacy, of course. But man, yeah. my favorite room in my home is my office. So, you know, my Sweet. my my lifestyle is, is quite structured. It's very simple. And it's designed in a way that supports the uh, uh, an experience of flow of progress of productivity so generally speaking i'm i'm up at 5 a.m um i remember <laughs> times when i used to have to wake up at 5 a.m when i didn't get to be my own boss and man yeah. i dreaded that alarm i hated it and uh now i get up at that time of my own choosing and i have a little quick morning ritual i don't it's not like i'm spending an hour doing this stuff i just kind of um, do some quick stuff in my morning ritual, and then I'll head to the gym, get out, get in a good workout, and then I come back. And if I have time before my first coaching call, I'll get a bite to eat, or usually I'll just go into coaching right away, and then I'll have breakfast and just go out, go about the rest of my day coaching. Whether I'm creating courses or content, that's essentially yeah. what my my life looks like on a day to day basis. It's funny because how old are you now? I'm 36. Yeah, damn. It, it, I felt like kind of like similar when I started. Um, like you said, like in the beginning of my 20s, I was on a world tour. It was the coolest thing ever. I was like, every day, different places, wake up somewhere else. Let's go. Let's go explore the city. And I think like that kind of, um, how would you say that accurately? It, it, it made my maturity process, my maturation process, if that's a word, faster. It it sped it up because by the time I got out of my four years of world touring, I was 26 and I literally felt like an old man because instead of wanting to see the world, I was like, hey, I, I really would just love to be in one place, have my PlayStation there, go to the same gym every day, have a nice little proper food routine of eating the same stuff from the same grocery store every day. 
And I was like literally like dreaming about like how amazing would that be if I could just do this for the next 20 years. Um, and it's funny that you kind of mentioned that. And it's almost like I literally wanted to get away from that jet set lifestyle that everybody was chasing. And I wanted to get towards the most boring, secluded quiet and calm and peaceful lifestyle that I could get still working extremely hard don't don't forget that don't get me wrong but but like get, being in a stable environment that allows me to actually work harder because like like we said before when you're traveling the world and you're working at the same time it's really hard because it's much harder like when I for example I have a travel day I take a flight to, to visit my girlfriend in Helsinki you kind of try really hard to not waste any time. You work at the airport. You know, I sit down in the lounge, have some free food, and I work. But at the same time, nah, you're maybe at 30 40% of productivity maximum during a travel day, even if it's just a quick one, two-hour flight. And so ultimately, I was craving this just like stability. Just sit down and be able to put in like a proper five, six, seven hour in a row work session. And... And, uh, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, you just crave the, the stability at some point. And, and it's the same for me. Like you mentioned your morning routine. Like I love doing the same things every goddamn day. I love it. it uh, I love nothing more than that. It's funny. What's, um, what's your personality type, by the way, you ever did a personality test? Oh yeah. I did that many, many years ago. Uh, I, you know, it, I did another one recently. It, I don't remember the ac uh, the the acronym, but I'll t I can tell you the name. It's a logistician, but I don't remember like the INF acronym. Oh yeah, I don't remember the uh, the acronyms either. But logist logistician logician. I have yeah. logistician. Yeah, it's a tongue <laughs> it twister. <laughs> it's been it's been a long day, mate. It's been a long day. Um, here's a, here's a funny thing. So. I've done that personality test three or four times and every time I got the same result, which was commander, you know, I like inspiring people. I like delegating. I like bossing people around. But once <laughs> I got a different personality type and that was the same as yours. And that's like, you like working in silence. You work sitting down, be by yourself, creating something. You don't like being distracted. I think it also says things like group work where everybody kind of like has to, you know, share their work. It does not suit you that well. You like just doing your own thing. And uh, I think maybe that's also why you and I, we like to have this like routine in our lives. Oh yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I am definitely a creature of routine. It To some people, it yeah. may sound boring, but for me, the stability is the payoff and it allows me mm. to really excel, set targets and excel and grow and evolve in all the ways that I look to evolve and grow. It allows me, yeah. when I have stability, then I have the energetic freedom and the kind of the reservoir of energy to be actually able to grow in the way that I want to. Whereas, like you said, if you're, you know, they sell the, it's very often or common to sell the dream of like, okay, laptop lifestyle, you're going to be flying around on jets and working and crushing it wherever you are. Well, as you said, it's like, okay, you go, you take a trip, you take your laptop, you're like, okay, I'm going to try and do some work. But then as you're actually in it, you're like, you know what, this actually isn't the best uh, environment to work in <laughs> or be productive. Yeah. I, I, and so, yeah, like you, wherever you are, that's where you want to be. You know, like meaning that mm. if you're traveling, be present in traveling. 
enjoy yeah. enjoy the purpose of the trip instead of trying to hack out an extra few hours where you think you're going to crush it no be yeah. present in where you are and utilize your environment wherever that is your home office or wherever that is that is associated it's very connected to being productive being focused so for me i love that kind of um, I'm also a double Taurus as well, which to me, I kind of place more um, emphasis on that kind of pr thing versus than the um, the personality test because I've taken... Wait, what's I've, a double Taurus? Is that is that is that like a, a, a Zodiac or what? It's a Zodiac. Well, I just mean that... So my sun sign is a Taurus and also my moon is a Taurus. So I just mean <clears throat> that I have several um, placing placements in the Taurus sign. And the, the, the is but is is that even real? Is that like a real thing? I always thought this is just like some stuff that like chicks like. Okay, so I'll I'll share with you uh, one of my favorite quotes from J.P. Morgan, right? The founder of J.P. Okay. Morgan. Millionaires uh, don't believe in astrology. Billionaires do. Oh no way! <laughs> I love it. I I had no idea. Yeah, I used to have a, a colleague, I was connected with someone online who was a successful astrologer and numerologist. Numerology is a field of study that dates back before astrology. And she said that about 50% of her clientele, she was based in um, upstate New York, by the way. She said about 50% of her clientele were Wall Street bankers. Wow. Yeah. Hey, we got to, like... This one podcast episode is already way over 30 minutes. Usually our podcast episodes are like 10 minutes. We have to talk about this in a separate episode. Because in my head, this is like, yo, the the position of your planet, of the planet at the time of your birth makes zero effect on what you do in your life. And, and so far, all the people that have been in astrology have been, you know, like hippie woo-woo people. And here I have someone like you who's actually extremely well-educated, successful, intelligent, you know, a very worldly in his beliefs. And you say like, oh, hey, I know this astrology thing. There's something to it. So note to myself and to you, Zach, let's definitely talk about this in a separate podcast episode because I would love to hear more. There's actually one guy that I've met recently. It was in Cyprus when I was in Paphos. His name is Adrian Harig, and he's uh, he's actually a German guy, and he teaches this stuff. And and we were at the dinner. We were all hanging out at this cafe, and I had my crew with him, and he had his crew. And they would just, like, sit there and, like, oh, Max, you're a, you're a cancer, right? And I'm like, how did you know? And he's like, well, yeah, I can see it, how you talk to people and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, for me, I'm a cynic. I'm like, yeah, yeah, great. I mean, my birthday is public. People can look that up, you know. And then, and then the waitress comes and he's like, yeah, you're a, you're a Gemini, right? And she's like, oh my God, how did you know, you know? And <laughs> him and his boys, they're all over this. All they do is talk about the Zodiac signs and stuff like that. And, and that's what they coach. It's a big part of their coaching. They're doing also something similar. Um, and they're doing like really hardcore astrology coaching. And I'm like, wow, so you guys probably have, you know, like a lot of elderly women on your sales calls. And he's like, you, you know, and he's like, you'd be surprised. Like the guy, the people that are most into this are mostly men. And I was really mind blown by that. He's like totally like normal men focused on business, you know, 35 plus year old men. They're told they're mostly into that. And I had no idea. So 
mate, you're getting me into stuff here. Yeah, it's an interesting area to study for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I totally interrupted you. What did we talk about? I can't remember. Uh, oh, we, we were talking about personality types and that segued into... Uh, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just basically the, the discussion was, look, uh, routine is what allows me to grow in the way that I do. And so I love routine. Yeah. I'm a person of routine for sure. Yeah. What's your... Here's the funny thing because I'm 100% also in routine. I'm like, I need my routine. I need to track my progress. You know, I write down what I weigh every morning at the same time of the day. I put in my little tracking sheet, you know, and so and I have my uh, a CEO log where I write down, you know, what did I like about last day, like yesterday? What did I do well within my business and so on and so forth? And funnily enough, my girlfriend is the utterly, utterly complete polar opposite. Her personality type is adventurer. If you ever look that up on 16personalities.com, mm -hmm. it's basically like zero structure, go with the flow, float around, do as you feel. And she legit, and it's so funny because we get along so extremely well. Like when the whole quarantine thing started back in uh, last year and in, in March, April, her and I, we spent basically two and a half months together in her tiny apartment in Helsinki. And it's literally like we've never spent that much time together at, in such a small space. And it was like the most harmonious period of my entire life. I don't <laughs> think I've ever been in more harmony ever than before. And me and her have been together for a long time already. So it's not even that it's like a honeymoon phase or anything like that. And she's like – it's hilarious because she forgets to eat sometimes or drink water. It's like, I'm going to bed, you know, I'm like doing my evening ritual. I'm putting on my blue light blocking glasses. I'm doing, you know, stretching, meditation. And she's just painting something, you know. <laughs> she's like just the most random, like she's starting to plant tomatoes on the balcony at like 11 p.m. And then and then we lie in bed together and I'm like, you know, I'm like finish up my routine, good night. And she's like, hey, babe. I didn't drink any water today. <laughs> and I'm like, what, not at all? She's like, nope, I just forgot. And it's just this, for me, that's mind-blowing. For me, that's like, how can someone live, let alone function as well as her in society? Because it's part of my morning routine to drink a half a glass of water, you know? It's my goddamn morning routine, let alone forgetting to drink it at all. Um so that's interesting that there's these different types of personalities. It, it, I couldn't even imagine living as an adventurer because I need that structure. I would die if I didn't have it. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I bet you're also um, more of a, because you're more structured and routine, you, you probably like to plan to a certain degree, right? A hundred percent. I yeah. plan everything. I have my my Trello board. I have I have the literal order of the clothes that I'm wearing on a daily basis that's kind of cool too it's like i start at the right side i wear it and then you know i put it all the way to the left side and then the next thing that is all the way on the right side will be my outfit for the next day like that's that's how much i like planning that's the level we're talking about here yeah because you're aware of time <clears throat> yeah probably you don't want to yeah. be uh, and energy be wasting time yeah and energy i don't want to have to make decisions about what i'm wearing it's stupid yeah i always remember back in the day like when i first heard like oh zuckerberg only wears the same stuff i'm like stupid but now i'm like yeah i resonate with that
Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. You got to find your what your like. If we're talking about that, it's like you find your style, you find yeah. what works on you, and then you just stay within that lane. Like that's what I do the night before I go to the gym. Because if I'm up at five, I don't want to yeah. be you know rummaging about in the darkness, um, trying to find to decide what I'm gonna wear. So every night I have I have the whole thing laid out. I, I remove it from my bedroom. Yeah. It's in my office. It's all everything is set up. So, so I basically set up an environment that allows for the flow because now when I get up, I'm not, I'm just yeah. flowing. I just pick up the clothes. I move it in there. I go there. And so I'm, I'm yeah. reducing the need for me having to think at 5am when I'm just trying to get moving. That's exactly, I have, I have lists. I have a gym pack list, so I don't have to think. So I'm literally, when I'm packing my stuff for my gym, I put on a podcast because I can 100% focus on the podcast. And I just look at the, at the, at the list. It's like shaker with water, check. Gym card, check. Put on gym pants, check. So I'm like, I want to literally, I want to use as little of my brain as possible for something as menial as that. And in my head, I'm like, I'm a genius. Why doesn't everybody do that? Because it saves you energy and it saves you focus. Yeah, planning the work and working the plan. It just makes life yeah. easier and, and more efficient, right? Exactly. Here's here's just Zach and me being nerding out on, on the most ridiculous planning. A bunch of people listening to this just shaking their head. But hey, for all the similar personality types, they're like, oh my God, finally someone who understands me. But um, <laughs> hey, uh, Zach, how can uh, people find you? Instagram? Yeah, YouTube. Instagram. I'm I'm in the process of building out a YouTube. Um, at the moment, Instagram would be your best bet. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. Sweet. Yep. So you can find it's me. Mister uh, Mister Dot Zach with a C K Michael, right? Yep, Mister Zach Michael. That's right. Cool. Look him up if you can't find him. Again, Mister then the dot Zach Michael. That's Z A C K and then Michael, just like the first name. Uh, that's where people can check you out. If they want to work with you, they can send you a DM there as well, I reckon. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. Hey, honestly, let's do more. Let's do more of these podcasts. I love chatting with you. It's, it's been a pleasure. Likewise, Matt. So look forward to it, man. Coolio. So more episodes to come with mindset coach Zach. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Hey, if you want to know more on how to grow your business, scale your business, head over to sevenfigurebusiness.com forward slash call, book a free consulting call with us. Other than that, give a rating to this very out of the ordinary episode. This is our 40 to 43 minute episode or whatever, how many it is. Give us five star rating if you haven't done so yet. Thank you very much for listening and talk to you soon. You like what you've heard today? Then remember, only listening to a podcast does absolutely nothing unless you implement these learnings. Do you want to know if you're a good fit to be working together with Max and his team? Then go to maxtorno.com slash call and apply for a free consultation call. On this 30-minute free consultation, you will be told what exact steps you need to take in order to either start your own online business or scale your existing online business. You will be talking directly to an expert, and together with them, you will be learning how you should position yourself, what prices you should ideally charge, and how you can reach your target audience in the most effective and scalable way. Please remember one important thing. Your online business is not just going to scale itself. You need a mentor who has been there and done it already. A mentor who has helped hundreds of people all around the world not only get to their first six figures, but also scale to consistent seven figures a year. 
You want to know if you're a good fit for this? Then secure your free consultation call now under MaxTorno.com call.